Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome to what we'd like to call Weekend Fantasy Update today. I know uh, the promo said Fantasy Sports Today, but this is a special NFL Divisional Playoff Edition. Uh, We're combining Fantasy uh, Sports Today Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, We're live all day. And uh, Joe Galina here, along with uh, Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. And uh, also going to be joined by uh, George Kurtz. Taz, first with you. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Joe. Got a long show today. Lots of stuff to discuss. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely hyped. I'm hyped. Let's get to it. Play some football <laughs> already, damn it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is the last weekend that we have four games. Like, this is a full slate. Uh, I love, you know, th- th- it's kind of depressing today, too, because we've got some great football ahead of us. But it's the last weekend of this season where we get two games on each day. So, uh, George, you with us? Yeah, I don't know if today could be uh, depressing. I think today's the uh, the best football weekend of the, of the season. You get the, yeah, but it's uh, the last one. It's the last full day of football. Yeah. How about being an optimist, Mr. Galena? Oh, Mr. Optimist. Oh, oh, what happened to you? Is this like a New Year's resolution? For, <laughs> this is the new George Kurtz? What the heck? You, uh, You're looking uh, at the glass call, half full. Oh, my God, we only have seven games left, and we'll only have three games wait, wait, wait. this weekend. This can't be Kurtz. Wah, this is Stratford. This, is Stra- this has got to be Stratford. This has got to be somebody new. I, I've never spoken to this person. <laughs> you know, I was uh, d- d- debating with Dan this morning as well. Uh, uh-huh. Not debating. It was a small uh, small discussion. Uh-huh. Uh, I think this is one of the uh, best weekends, best sport weekends of the year. It's not my number one weekend, uh-huh. but it's one of the, I think it's one of the best sport weekends of the year. And Dan's trying to tell me that the number one sport weekend of the year is the opening of the NCAA tourney. Which no, granted, that's, that's a lot of fun, yeah. But it is, yeah. but that's the only thing that's going on. I mean, right, right. You got you got play, you got playoff football. Football has to be involved in my mind. I don't know. I don't see how you can have a great sports weekend without without football being involved. Mm-hmm. And when the tourney's going on, there's no football. There's no baseball. There's no nothing. It's just, it's just a tourney. It's, right. it's kind of boring to me. To to me, uh, you know, football. You got hockey going on. It's not my number one. My number one would actually be about week four or week five of the NFL season, where we have footballs taking off. The baseball playoffs are going on, and hockey has just started as well. But yeah, to that's me, a this good is the one best. too. Football weekend. You didn't mention Pro Bowl week. Oh, oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's sad. Uh, do they still play that in, in, in Hawaii? That all these fans came out here to watch a game of football. Uh, John, bring Marshall. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just making conversation. Come on, <laughs> football. <laughs> Good okay. stuff. That's uh, that's Sean Engel, producer extraordinaire for the Royal Fantasy family, uh, the Prince of Fantasy, Sean Engel. He's going to be taking us through uh, our, our day, and glad to have you with us. Uh, we're just going to be covering so many things. Obviously, Week 19 in the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the games, players that you should and should be not putting in your DFS lineups. We got Camp Stewart's going to be joining us in hour number three. Uh, going to really help us dissect the gambling aspect of these games got uh, lots of prop bets for you uh got lots to talk about with a lot of head coaching changes this week uh, a lot of interesting stuff how that's uh, will affect the individual teams we'll even try to mix up a little uh, free agency uh, talk there as well in terms of maybe what some of these teams might be looking to do uh we've uh, been involved in a roto experts uh, fntsy mock draft so we'll, we'll discuss that as well so uh forget about uh, the shutdown the only shutdown that we care about is picking players who can avoid being shut down this week, guys, right? Uh, so what we were hoping for, the guys that are you know going to be shut down and not to be shut down, that's uh, <laughs> kind of what we're looking for. 
Yeah. So uh, where, where do you want to start? Uh, one, one thing I didn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, tease at the start, uh, and I guess we have to cover it. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Steelers uh, and uh, Antonio Brown? So this has been like a as the uh, the world turns kind of kind of stuff uh, this this week and, and and even in previous weeks with Antonio Brown. So Steelers uh, president Art Rooney said that Antonio Brown is not going to be released, uh, but uh, all options are on the table, uh, and that uh, he can envision Antonio Brown remaining on the team in uh, 2019. So. Uh, Taz, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think that? Uh, what do you think about Rooney's statements? I mean, when you look at before the Giants signed uh, OBJ to a long-term contract, uh, Mara, the Giants owner, he didn't say exactly the same things, but he kind of like drew a line in the sand as well. Do you do you believe what Rooney said? I do. He's a no-nonsense owner. He's always been that way. He doesn't play games and. You know, that's why we saw what we saw with Bell. He wasn't backing down. They made it what they considered their best offer. Bell didn't want it, and then they didn't play. You don't want to play? That's okay. Don't play. We'll just put next guy up, and I think that's what he plans on doing now. And, you know, if this is the case, if Brown is definitely gone, and, you know, right now it looks like it is a lot of time between now and when they're going to actually have to really make this decision. So a lot could happen. You know, cooler heads may prevail, and it may come back, but, you know, it's so hard to come back from a guy who walks away from a team. It just is. Once you make mm -hmm. that, you know, one solid move like that, mm -hmm. it's so hard for your teammates to want to play with you, to have any faith in you. So it'd be interesting to see if they do bring him back. But if not, then, you know, we could be looking at a, a big emergence of James Washington next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just noticed in our mock draft, too, uh, that uh, uh, Mike Blewett, Ended up taking uh, James Washington with his pick in the sixth round, a uh, wide receiver for the Steelers. I kind of was, I thought he'd have like a, a bigger year this year, but uh, uh, obviously I, I agree with you. If Antonio Brown isn't there uh, next year, you're right. Uh, Washington could step into a bigger role. Hey, George, what do you think about this whole Steeler thing in terms of, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's uh, involvement and also maybe from the start of the season with the whole Le'Veon Bell issue where maybe the locker room might have been splintered. Uh, but back to, to Ben as well, you know, you're hearing a lot of stuff about how Ben was taking shots at Antonio Brown even in practice. Uh, quotes, uh, somebody quoted him saying, get him out of here, get somebody else in there when he was running wrong routes in, in practice. Uh, what do you think about Big Ben's role in this whole thing? Oh, it's certainly more than he's letting on. I mean, right. you, know, you heard Ben uh, during the interviews during the week. Oh, no, we, I tried to call him. We're best of friends. You know, yeah. like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah you wonder why ben he didn't answer you, right? Listen, <laughs> yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, is, is, he's, uh, he's another prima donna and another guy who's had his issues uh, with several things. I mean, you remember him saying earlier this season that uh, about yelling at his players. Well, I think I've, I've earned the right to be able to do that. Mm. Yes, and there's a difference between yelling at a player and then criticizing right. and making him look stupid, making him look foolish. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that Bob Brown is – and Brown is wrong in this. You know, but Ben Ross yes. is not right either. You know, I think yeah, but wait, a wait, wait. Can I, can I point, wait, wait. Can I make a point to that, though? I, I disagree to an extent. Like, I understand what you're saying about yelling at players, but you know what? He is the face of that team. Antonio Brown's a great wide receiver, but Roethlisberger is the face of that team. He's the team leader, and if he's not going to step up, you know who else is. But so you, you say maybe he saw something that, that other you people didn't. You can you can yell, you cannot criticize and make fun of a player, and that's what he does. And Ben doesn't have no, a hell of a lot of respect. I'm not saying he's smart about it, but he's done. still a team leader. He's got to mm -hmm. do something. Doesn't matter if, if you're not smart about it. We've all played team sports. I still play team sports. I don't mind mm -hmm. getting yelled at, but if you're going to make me look like an idiot, we're going to have some problems. And I think oh, that's man, the issue. You must here. have had a lot of problems in huh? No, I actually don't. But uh, there's a reason why Ben is around a lot of these controversies. Yeah, because yeah. Ben has problems. Yeah. And he's not, he doesn't, he comes about wrong. Now, Brown, what he did was uh, wrong and not showing up for practice and not playing in the team's final game. You heard several team members uh, say this is why they came out flat in that last game of the season for Cincinnati and almost lost that game. Uh, I don't see how he can come back. I mean, I think Jim, what Jim said was correct that time heals, 
and they don't need to make a decision now. It's pretty much they got a couple of months, and by thing by then things may calm down. It also mm-hmm. may come down to a twenty million dollar, twenty one million dollar cap hit, which right. is going to hurt to do. Uh, but then again, you, you're going to get a rebate from uh, Le'Veon Bell holding out all season, so you're going to get you'd get two thirds of that back anyway. I understand one doesn't equal the other, but if you're looking at cap hits, it, you could make an argument that's really only a seven million dollar cap hit, a little less than that. So uh, the owner coming out and saying that all options are on the table. Well, what else is he going to say? Mm-hmm. He's not going to go. Oh, he he can't say no. We're definitely trading him because if you do that, well, you hurt his value. Right. Yeah, he's right. certainly not going to release him. They're not giving him away for free. So uh, I think a lot of drama is going on here. We know Bell won't be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do they trust Smith Schuster to be the number one there <laughs> over and over again? Unless uh, they sign him back as it, a free agent. <laughs> Bell, could you imagine? <laughs> Uh, that that no, be, I can't. That'd be <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't either. I, I don't think that happens. I don't think we're seeing uh, Bell back there. But uh, listen, they've they become the Cowboys, right? A lot of drama going on. You don't know what's going to happen next there. Yeah. Uh, and I think, oh, oh, no, I think the Steelers are like, you know what? It's just, it's just too much. It's just mm-hmm. too much. I think, Tom, I think other stuff has happened as well that we, that we don't know about. Sure. That's with every team. But mm-hmm. I, I, think they're, I think they want to move. Assuming they can get – Close to what they'd uh, what they'd like to, what they'd be asking for. They're not going to get three mm-hmm. number one, something silly like that. But if they can get a number one, maybe something else, I think they'll move on. Man, if, if uh, you know the Raiders got a number one for Cooper, I mean, at least you're going to get a number one for Antonio Brown. You kind of realize, I guess, the Steelers might have their back up against the wall. But here's a guy, 30 years old in his prime, coming off of a season where 15 touchdowns in 15 games. I mean, you know. Uh, and I'm also wondering, you know, these guys that are really top performers, they take a lot of pride. And, uh, you know, Juju uh, was voted by his team as the MVP. Uh, you wonder if that might have also added to it a little bit, you know. And, and maybe that speaks to maybe what uh, Brown was like in, in the club, in the locker room as well, too. So, and then, did you know, either Mike, one of you guys see what Ryan Clark said about Antonio Brown? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, what he, he eviscerated said? him. He eviscerated him. <laughs> Ryan Clark's a former, for those who don't know, Ryan Clark's a former Steelers say, uh, safety and played with Antonio Brown. And he mm-hmm. pretty much said right away that the day that Brown got his contract, he changed. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden he wow. thought he was the man. He he didn't want to be touched in practice. And mm-hmm. he, uh, I mean, you never see a former player, especially a former player who's on a show like on ESPN, NFL Live, who has mm-hmm. a high profile, just crush a former player. I mean, it was it was mm-hmm. like wow. Right. Uh, I'm not a big uh, Ryan Clark guy. I, think, I like him; he's, he's entertaining. But I think most of his stuff really hasn't been all that great. But for him to come out and say this gave me a new level of respect because I like right. analysts who aren't afraid to say what's on their mind, and he wasn't afraid to say it. And like I said, he he eviscerated Antonio Brown. Mm. Uh, it sounds like Antonio Brown thinks he's Steve Harvey. You guys know who Steve Harvey is, right? I, I'd heard uh, where uh, people that work under him, if they see him in the hall, they can't look at him. They can't speak to him. So I guess he thinks who the heck he is. But uh, <laughs> Mike Tomlin uh, escaped uh, so far. At least. I mean, they're not gonna, the Steelers aren't going to get rid of him at this stage. I mean, there have been too many uh, – coaching changes, I would think, but uh, he's got to take some uh, responsibility for all this as well. I'm not sure. Jim? It, it, yeah. you know, look, I, I'm not sure in what aspect. You, I mean, yeah, I mean, the head coach always has to take responsibility for it, but, you know, when you got such a great player and you know he's a great player and everybody knows he's a great player and sometimes you, they do get a little bit more leeway than anybody else mm-hmm. in being the prima donna, doing the stupid stuff. But ultimately, when push came to shove, he, he benched the guy in a must-win game. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see how it gets any stronger than that. Yeah, that is strong. Maybe it was he waited too late. Who knows? I mean, we're Giant fans. We saw, you know, what the uh, the Giants kind of let OBJ get away with some some stuff, and then all of a sudden, Sterling Sharp was acting up. But so, uh, yeah, I guess you have a point. But maybe he waited a little bit too long. But uh, hey, uh, Georgia, we had uh, put out to uh, uh, on Twitter. By the way, I'm at Joe Galina on Twitter. Uh, he's at George Kurtz, and uh, we got. At Fantasy Taz, you can reach out to us. We'll keep the phone lines open uh, there, uh, Sean, 844-843-6879 in case anybody wants to give us a call, talk about anything football-related uh, or anything we discuss here. But uh, Juke Skywalker had put a question out to all of us uh, as to whether or not the Steelers uh, 
if we thought the Steelers would be happy going into next season with a combo of James Conner and Jalen Samuels as their uh, running backs. And also, uh, you know, Mike Munchak, offensive line coach, has been interviewing around. Uh, he had interviewed for the Broncos head coaching job, obviously didn't get it, but now being sought after uh, for their offensive line coach position. And that's the position he holds with the Steelers. But, uh, George, what do you think about uh, the Steelers going into next season with Connor and Samuels? All right. Well, they're not going to resign Bell, so he'll he'll be gone. <laughs> I think they'll be somewhat happy. I think they'll bring in somebody, but it won't be a high end guy. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to spend you know whatever uh, sign whoever in free agency. It wouldn't shock me if they get uh, whether it's sign some depth of free agency, a CJ Anderson type player, someone like that. Kevin or Coleman, draft maybe. Somebody. And I think he's going to be a little bit more out of their price range. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think okay. it'll be Coleman. I think it'll mm-hmm. be uh, a lesser guy than that, not a true starter, death guy, but a guy who mm-hmm. can play in case. Or they might just draft somebody and let's say Rams three on. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the fact that I, I think they're very happy with Connor. I don't see any reason. Look, this, it just goes once again to show that it's the scheme that really promotes the running back, not the running back that promotes the scheme. Everybody they put in that position has done well when given <laughs> the chance. And mm-hmm. Connor, you know, he had a better season than Bell did. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think there's any concern here whether or not uh, Connor is going to be good enough for them as, as their main back next year. I think that's absolutely, you know, set in stone at this point, especially for the price they have in that. They're not making any changes there. And they, they have no problem with Samuels, too. He stepped in and did a good job for them, too. So uh, I agree with George in the fact that they'll bring another body in just so they have some more bodies. But it's not going to be anybody big that's going to take over this job. And I I can't see Munchak leaving Steelers to go to another job. A for lateral the same job, right? Yeah, a lateral yeah, I, I just yeah. don't see that. It doesn't make any sense unless they really wow him with money. Or something like that. I don't see that him changing for that. To go up, sure. To stay at the same place, I don't think so. Yeah, well, you already interviewed for uh, their head coaching job, and uh, they didn't feel he's ready yet. Maybe uh, he feels if he goes that he'd be next in line should uh, Fangio, Vic Fangio, uh, fail. Well, he might have that opportunity in Pittsburgh. Mm, very true, very true. Already uh, Joey Porter, already a symbolic move. Outside linebacker coach was fired. We'll come back. We'll start breaking down some of the head coaching changes and what it means for some teams. Got lots to do with you. Give us a call, 844-843-6879. We'll call this uh, Weekend Fantasy Update today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Sports Radio Network special divisional playoff edition of Weekend Fantasy Update. Today we took the two shows. You see what we did? Fantasy Sports Today and Weekend Fantasy Update. We combined them. We got uh, George Kurtz with us. We got the Fantasy Taz Jim Day. And I am Joe Galina. And we're uh, being steered in the right direction, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Sean Engel, who brought us in with a little rush, rush action. Uh, I know that uh, Day likes rush. Uh, George, you like rush? Yeah, I'm a rush guy. Uh, I don't think I'd put mm-hmm. them in my top five or anything like that, but I do mm-hmm. like, uh, I do enjoy rush, yes. From working with you, I remember one of your top five is uh, your Phil Collins slash uh, Genesis, right? I think they're top five for you or no? I know that you like them. Trying to remember Genesis who top would be five. Genesis would be yeah. top five. Genesis, the Who, yeah. Queen, uh, Floyd, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Zeppelin, Stones, mm-hmm. you know, Van Halen, ZZ Top. You're, all, you're only in about nine the, now. 
in your top five. I live on Long Island, so I'm, you know, it's it's on my baptismal certificate that I have to like uh, Billy Joel since I'm on Long Island. So, right. you know, well, uh, Jim Day lives obligated. in Jersey. He's not a big fan of Cur- of uh, Springsteen, so he's not afraid to buck the trend. I like his Why early you- music. I just think the man's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you saying that. So that's that's uh, yeah. You don't hear that often about him, but uh, yeah, yeah. I trust you. You know, you you think I'm a good guy, right? Oh, I do. Okay, so there you have a good uh, judge of character, so then that, uh, I know they can trust you. But when you talk about uh, Bruce I'll play, I'll play the fifth on that. <laughs> Come on, Kurtz. Come on, Kurtz. Don't get all on your high horse just because you freaking Cowboys won one freaking playoff game, okay? Take it easy. Take Woohoo! It. <laughs> I don't think that helps right. anything, Joe. <laughs> what, the fact that they, what, that they like me or what? What doesn't I, help? I was more so saying that talking about George's Cowboys like that isn't going to help you win anything. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. You're right. You're right. Maybe we'll talk at the commercial break. You could uh, give me some pointers on how to make friends and, and get along with people there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what have been the trends this year in, in, in football? Uh, according to Graham Barfield, NFL.com, great follow on Twitter. Uh, this was the most pass-heavy year, uh, 61.7% uh, from 2000 to 2018. Uh, most efficient season in league-wide running back yards per carry, 4.35. And we've had lots of uh, coaching changes. And another trend seems to be uh, everyone trying to clone Sean McVay, bottle up some of the magic that he's had and sprinkle it into NFL locker rooms. Uh, Jim, do you, does it feel like everyone's just trying to just recreate a, 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 a Sean McVay? Like a Frankenstein's monster? Oh, absolutely, monster? but, you know, <laughs> it, it's not the first time this has happened. Anybody's come up, you know, they, they did the same thing after uh, Coriel, you know, brought in the, that high-flying yeah. offense. Everybody started looking for and the next Coriel. Coriel. Yeah. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wants a thing that's working, and McVay makes it look easy, even though he's great at what he does. So everybody wants that new, young, innovative, offensive-minded coach, and, you know, they're all taking chances. Look, I can't blame them. It, it, right now, the, the best defenses in the league are all sitting on the sideline watching these games like you and I. The best <laughs> yeah. offenses are in the game. The, right. These are the ones playing this weekend. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what every, all the other teams want a shot at, and that's what we're seeing You know, the most of. They're going to take a shot on these young guys and, you know, mm-hmm. See what happens, and and the the thing I don't like is like especially like with Matt Lafleur, never been a head coach before, didn't mm-hmm. really have a great season in Tennessee, um, mm. and then to bring him in, okay, you want to take the shot, I get it, but to give him a four year contract with an option for a fifth year, to me that that's ludicrous. That, that's that's just too much money to spend on this. When in two years, I mean, if he hasn't produced, he's out the door. So I don't understand uh, that concept of giving a, a long-term contract to a first-time, you know, head coach who mm-hmm. wasn't that great an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, another one, and uh, we'll break down these coaching changes. But Cliff Kingsbury, uh, <laughs> new head coach of the Cardinals, thirty-five and forty with Texas Tech, no NFL experience, right? I mean, he's another guy that came in. So uh, yeah, let me ask you, uh, there, Kurtz, uh, if uh, McVay loses again. He lost his first home playoff game last year. If he loses today at home, or is it if they play tomorrow, right? Um, how much of the uh, luster is taken off of his, you know, r- resume or, you know, of his aura? It'll, it'll hurt a little bit. I mean, we've all seen the jokes on Twitter, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, you weren't getting a job in the NFL, head coach, unless you had some connection to McVay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. It really was. Uh, I mean, it seemed to be true here. I know the funny thing I saw was in Kubiak when all of a sudden he wasn't the offensive coordinator because L.O.A. asked him, hey, uh, you know, I forgot to ask you during the interview, did you have any connection to McVay? <laughs> yeah. You know? No? Oh, you're fired. <laughs> you know, it got, it's getting a little stupid here. Uh, yeah, but, you know, yeah. it's a copycat league. Right, everyone wants a piece of McVay. It's a copycat league. It's what we're seeing throughout the NFL. But if mm-hmm. he were to lose tonight, it, we're also a reactionary league. You know, he'll start to get some criticism. Whichever coach <laughs> loses tonight is gonna is gonna hear it, right? Because if Garrett yeah, loses yeah. tonight, he'll start to hear, "Oh, you can't get your team past the first round." We've seen this over right. and over again. Yeah, you but know, that's so, reality. Uh, which, it is, but the, well, you can say something about McVay, 0 for 2. It's just the way it is. We don't care about where we're a short-term league. We don't care that he's only had two chances at it. You're going to hear it. So, uh, McVay, I think, listen, I do think the Rams win tonight, so I don't think he'll have to worry about that. But if they were, if Dallas does pull the upset, 
he's going to hear it that you know he can only get his team so far. He's, it's a good regular season offense, but it won't play in the postseason, which is kind of idiotic because it'll be a small sample size ever. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, there is some pressure on tonight, but it's true of every NFL coach. You know, but it's not like his job's on the line. He doesn't have to worry about that. Where you could make the argument that Garrett's job could be on the line. It's not. Jerry Jones doesn't want to fire him because he's got a puppet there. But uh, mm. I do find it intriguing of what will happen uh, if McVay loses. Do you think McVay, uh, George, could name all the players on the uh, Cowboys' defensive and offensive line and uh, their water boy as well? He's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good at it last time, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe not before this week, if he did before he knew he was playing the Cowboys. But uh, I'll bet he can now. Plus, the uh, the Rams played the Cowboys last year, so he's, he's familiar with the team anyway. <laughs> All right. So why don't we start breaking down some of these uh, coaching changes? Uh, we'll start with you, Taz. Uh, Bruce Arians comes on as the new uh, Buccaneers coach. Uh, Bucks were five and eleven uh, last season, and uh, Dirk Carter was their uh, their head coach, and now he's he's left them, and he's uh, the Falcons' offensive coordinator once again. But uh, so uh, Bruce Arians has a connection with Jameis Winston. He's called Jameis Winston the focal point of their offense, and that doesn't no surprise to anyone, right? But what do you think about uh, just in general? Do you like this hiring uh, Bruce Arians uh, with the Bucks? Oh God, yes! Um, mm. <laughs> I love Bruce Arians. First of all, I just uh, I I love what he does on offense. The fact that he just wants to push it downfield and just go for it. Uh, you know, absolutely great hiring from them. And you mentioned it. He, he has a history with Winston. Winston used to come to his old Alabama camps uh, that mm-hmm. he, you know Arians used to run, and they know each other from that. He's worked with him before, so that you know definitely good there. He knows what he's dealing with. And the other side of the coin is Arians doesn't take any crap. Um, right. You know, he, he, it's his way or the highway, and you do it the way I want you to do it or you're done. Um, so, you know, absolutely love this hiring. And then to go out and get Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. bring in Byron Left, which is the offensive coordinator. I love that as well. You know, this offense did well this year. The team did not do well, but the offense did well. I mean, mm-hmm. surely most of it was through the air. If they can get a decent running back in there that can actually do something more than a couple of games a year, I, I think it's be dynamic, but Arians, I mean, he loves to throw the ball. Winston loves to throw the ball. If they can curtail his mistakes and, you know, get the ball, push the ball down the field a lot, um, I, I think this is going to work out perfectly. Now, my big question is, you know, everybody's ex- was expecting D- Deshaun Jackson to be gone. Now with Arians in there, I have to wonder if they try to bring him back. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're going to want to push it down the field, why are you going to get rid of the one guy who could really push it downfield for you? That's a good point. That is a good point. And uh, Kurtz, uh, you know, uh, t- uh, Taz just uh, talked about how Arians likes to throw the ball down the field. So does Winston. Now we got to get Winston to stop throwing the ball to the uh, other team, right? 76 turnovers uh, tied for most in the NFL from his rookie season of 2015. Uh, he To give him a little credit, in his last six games, he was playing a little better. Just three interceptions uh, this season in his last six games. Uh, maybe he was bearing down because he knew he had to prove to the Bucks that they should invest that $20.9 million in them. But uh, it seems like we ask this question every year, George. Uh, do, do we think that Winston could take that next step forward? And is uh, Arians the guy that's going to get the most out of him? Well, I, think, uh, I agree with Jim. I think the Buccaneers made the right hire here because they need to find out about Winston. NFL's a quarterback league. You need to find out. You picked up his option, so he's going to get paid his $21 million next year, but then he could be gone. So you'll need to sort of make up your mind. You're going to franchise him again for a one year after that, or is he going to be your quarterback of the future? You're going to give him that big, long contract because that's what's coming up. So that's mm-hmm. a decision you guys have to make here. So I think that's why, that's why I think uh, Tampa they needed a veteran head coach. I don't think they could go with a rookie. I think they mm-hmm. needed a veteran to get who he's going to have some, shall we say, that I guess he, uh, the word, uh, case that I'm looking for here, but that he's going to have uh, Winston's attention. That Winston's not going to try mm-hmm. and run all over him. That the team's right, not going right. to try and run all over his him. Respect. Respect. Yeah. respect. Respect for him, yeah. So I think, mm-hmm. the, I think it's a good hire there, and I think uh, once again you'll find out about Winston. Can they curtail him? Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. The NFL is a quarterback league. If you don't have it, you're not going very far. If you have it, you're going to do some damage here. And they need to find out about Winston before they think about doling out what's likely to be an 80 million plus contract, if not 100 million plus, because no matter how good or bad you are in today's NFL, if you're a starting quarterback and your time is up to get that long-term contract, you're going to get paid. Boy, that Mm. sounds almost like another team in this league. (laughs) 
Actually, it probably sounds like quite a few teams in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was you're thinking one in particular. Mine as well. One that's playing this weekend. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's going. I think it's. I, I think it's a mistake personally, but it's it's the way the NFL is. We're talking about the Cowboys for anybody who doesn't figure it out. Now is Dallas. Uh, is one Dallas is one year behind. Uh, Winston, Prescott's one year behind Winston, so mm-hmm. before Dallas has to make that decision. But uh, if you're going to talk about the Cowboys, I think it'll be a mistake to give Dak that kind of money. But that it's mm-hmm. it's just the way the uh, finances are in the uh, the NFL nowadays. If you have a starting quarterback, you're gonna get paid. You know, so Dak's going to get that $90, $100 million contract with $60 million guaranteed or whatever it comes out to be. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but it's the way it is in the NFL. You need to make your decisions. I just think Dak is going to end up getting paid way too much when you could uh, compare him to other quarterbacks uh, in mm. the NFL. All right. Okay, well, real quick, let's talk about this because, I mean, this is a big topic of conversation. He's gotten him to this point. Whether or not he wins this game could be a big point in that deciding factor but like what's your biggest drawbacks about Dak as a Cowboys fan well the big well I'm not going to talk as a fan I'll talk more as as an analyst uh as a uh he doesn't make anybody uh, around him better Uh, right now he has severe problems with the deep ball and you can see the Cowboys how they uh, run the game how they call the game is to not throw a deep ball because they know he's not very good at it uh, mm-hmm. You can see if you watch the games the, the past three, four games, he's aiming the ball now. He's hearing the criticism, whether it's from the fans, the media, the coaching staff, I imagine, has also gotten on him. He's feeling because he's, he's aiming the ball when he throws. You can see it when he throws the deep ball. He aims it. He doesn't have confidence right now. The short throws, he'll fire it. The deep balls, he does, he does not. Uh, and he has issues there. This is year three, not year one. He should have gotten better at this by now. And he was okay about with it in year one. It's something that we've seen the past couple of seasons. So uh, whatever the issues might be, he's got to get better at that in today's game here. This Dallas is a team that relies on Elliott, not the quarterback. They don't rely on Dak. If they did, they'd have some problems here. If they didn't have a great running game, they'd have some issues here. Now, part of it is because the offensive line is not what it used to be. Dak was one of the top five in, in getting sacked. Some of that's on Dak, doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough, but a lot of it is on the offensive line. So a better offensive line would help as well. But uh, the bottom line is, for the amount of money he's going to get paid, it's going to... It's going to rankle some people wrong because he's just not – he's nowhere near an Aaron Rodgers or even the next tier of quarterbacks. He's not that level yet. He's probably an, NFL, an average NFL quarterback. Mm. See, as a Giants fan, watching a guy with, with – and, with, and I'm not saying that Eli doesn't have heart, but watching a guy like Dak with the heart that he has, he took that run where he, he did a total somersault and almost made it into the end zone. Uh, and a guy, I know you say he takes some sacks, but he actually could move in the pocket. And I, I get it. You know, you watch more Cowboys games than I do. But and some of the throws that you see him make are just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, but I think that I, I get what you're saying in terms of the big money investment. Yeah. But on the other hand, I, I think he brings something to the to the game. So I don't know. I don't know how Jim feels as a Giants fan as well. Hey, I'll trade you Eli for Dak. <laughs> well, that, that's no one wants Eli. Eli's got his own problems. You're not going to trade a 24-year-old quarterback for a 37-year-old quarterback. I wouldn't make that deal either. Hey, Eli hosted uh, SNL. Did Dak ever host SNL? Come on. Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't watch mm-hmm. it. I, I haven't watched that SNL in God. It's got to be 30 years. Since the yeah, pollution days, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I watched it when it was Belushi, funny. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, same as Jim. A little bit past Belushi, but not much. <laughs> I actually got, the, the one time I actually got into the city and got tickets to go see the show was the exact night, the first time the Blue Bro- Blues Brothers ever appeared on stage. Holy cow. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have picked a better night if I tried. And I, I bet you I, didn't have I your cell phone to record Brothers. it either, right? Yeah, well, they clearly <laughs> had the cell phones back then. <laughs> way, way back in the Stone Age when I had my rock phone. There you go. There you go. All right. So, yeah, I know that uh, George isn't a big uh, DAC guy. But uh, hey, uh, so uh, back to the Bucks real quick. Any other personnel changes you see that Arians uh, might make, uh, you know, with the, with the running backs? Do you think that Ronald Jones uh, could get his chance to start as the uh, number one running back here? Uh, I mean, we have Mike Evans. Uh, Jim brought up a very good point in terms of uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Jim, any other personnel changes that you could see that Arians might make? I mean, obviously, uh, another focal point of his past offenses has been a – pass catching back like David Johnson, but you don't, uh, they don't grow on trees. 
Yeah, no, it, that's definitely <laughs> going to be interesting. Look, I, I could see them going out and paying the money to get Bell right now. Um, you mm. know that that if they added Bell to that offense, that offense would you know would not only have to be one dimensional, and that's what mm -hmm. they're ultimately they want to do. They want to have a two dimensional offense that has no problem going downfield. That's what he wants, and you know right, I, right. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make a, a move like that. I'm pretty sure they have the cap space, especially with the additional money that'll come to each team in 2019. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happens. Yeah, Ronald Jones isn't his pick, right? So uh, I mean, he's got to Arians has got to get his guys in there, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, any other moves there, uh, George? That you could see. I mean, uh, you know, do you agree with uh, uh, Taz in terms of uh, getting Deshaun Jackson? It kind of makes sense getting a guy that could uh, catch a deep ball. Yeah, but Jackson said he wants it. out of there. So I think that that'll play mm -hmm. a part in it as well. Why does he want out of there? Is it because, once again, he's not the focal point of the offense anymore? You know, with Evans and now Godwin taking He's not going to be the focal so he, part of any offense. True. Agreed, but that doesn't mean he, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean he feels that way. <laughs> if he mm -hmm. wants to get out, I think they'll... Uh, I think he'll get out there. So uh, running back, I think, has to be a uh, really what they're looking at here, right? They, ha mm -hmm. they need a running back there. And as you guys keep mentioning, Ronald Jones is not their pick. If they don't believe in him, right. they'll move on. Or he won't, yeah. he won't be in the, you know, the contest for the starting job. It's certainly not going to be uh, Peyton Barber. They need a running back. Uh, and uh, their defense was horrible this season. It got better as the season went on, and they uh, moved away uh, from Mike Smith. So that's going to be Todd Bowles, definitely a good hire, like Jim said. When we come back, we'll talk uh, more head coaching hires. You're listening to, what's the name of the show? We'll call it Weekend Fantasy Update today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you'd like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually anytime during a contest, capitalizing on in game circumstances. There are so many ways that you can make money. Just use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over. And open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. And uh, I like what Sean brought us back with, uh, that, that song, Friends. Because we're all friends here. Well, that should be network. for the BFFs. They should use that on their show. Yeah, yeah. Friends. They still use that same uh, opening, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good guys, but it, it could use a little sprucing up that, that, that opening. But uh, that's a great show, though, uh, on uh, Monday through Friday, noon to one. That's uh, Frankie Stanfield and Greg Sussman taking you through. And I heard you guys, just, uh, you were working with them this week. They just sing and dance too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a variety show. Right, they're bringing back the variety show. <laughs> so, uh, week nineteen in the NFL divisional round playoffs, weekend fantasy update today. Joe Galina, Jim Day, George Kurtz. We were just talking about the uh, Buccaneers and their new hire of uh, Bruce Arians as their head coach and uh, their former head coach. I mentioned. Uh, Dirk Cotter has been rehired as the Falcons offensive coordinator. He had already served the Falcons uh, offensive coordinator from uh, the 2012 to 2014 season. Uh, also had been the offensive coordinator for the Jags from 2007 to 2011. 
And uh, I was looking, I was surprised. In his five seasons with the Jaguars, I, I didn't remember this, but uh, the uh, Jags had uh, ranked third in the NFL in rushing yards over uh, that uh, that time span. So uh, good deal with his running back. So what do we think about uh, Carter in uh, Atlanta there, uh Jim, in terms of, I was kind of worried that uh, with a new offensive coordinator, you know, Matty Ryan, in his first year with new coordinators, kind of, you know, he's a little shaky, but uh, he's going to be working with someone he's worked at in the past, so it might not be such a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. And, you know, he goes back to doing what, what he's known for doing, and that's being offensive coordinator. You know, the the uh, you know we've seen it time and time again. There's plenty of really good coordinators that, when given a chance to be head coaches, don't become good head coaches. Um, but they mm-hmm. are still good coordinators. And, you know, I don't like Hugh Jackson as a head coach, but he's still a damn good coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's plenty of those guys that fit in that mold that, when given that next step up mentality of – you know, taking over the entire team, and you know, maybe they just don't have the fit for that. And look, I'm not going to put Cutter down. Maybe at some point he gets another chance. He does well. Always possible. You learn from your mistakes. Um, but you know, going back to the Falcons as you know, an offensive coordinator, I don't think Matt Ryan has any problem with this whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be interesting. The the thing that I thought was even more interesting was that not, not only did they bring him in as offensive coordinator, but they brought in uh, former Titans head coach, Mike Malarkey is their new tight ends coach. Now the, hmm. the part that makes this exciting to me is that, you know, Mike Malarkey was the team's offensive coordinator from 2008 to 2011 for Atlanta. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens here. Um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how this actually works out. Yeah. Uh, hey, George, you uh, were, if I remember, uh, working with you in the past, you were kind of down coming into the 2019, te- 2019 season on uh, Devonta Freeman, if I remember. Uh, and he spent much of it, uh, you know, on, on the sidelines uh, nursing an injury. Now, uh, so we got Tevin Coleman's uh, a free agent. I'm thinking that they probably don't re-sign him. Uh, what do you see, you know, th- Cotter has been, uh, like I mentioned before, pretty good creating a rushing attack. Uh, Do you see uh, Devonta Freeman returning to form uh, for 2019? Or do you think maybe Ido Smith could take a big jump forward? What what are we thinking about the uh, Falcons' run game? Well, coming into the season, I was down on Freeman, not really because of his play, but because, well, you knew the injury was coming. All right, granted, yeah. it wasn't the injury I thought it was coming, but I never thought he'd play 16 games. I think I had his over-under maybe 11, maybe 12 games. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to concussions for a running back, not a good thing. Even though the NFL mm. is trying to stop leading with your head, running backs still lead with their head. So I figured he'd get another concussion sooner or later there. I, that hasn't changed. You know, I don't think that's changed at all. So that'll be my same problem with him next year. Uh, he'll be a running back that I will not – for me, I won't want him to be my running back one. If he's my running back one, things went wrong. In the draft, that, that's the way. Very, it very uh, wrong. So, yeah, well, it, it'll happen because people will go zero running back or you know wait on running back, which is fine. I don't mind if you're doing that. You know, if you get mm-hmm. him around five, he's your first running back. Hey, okay, you 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 plan for that. The upside is there, but he he's a guy. I said it this year. If I had uh, if I had Freeman, it means I wanted to, I wanted to pair Coleman with him, and Coleman ended up sucking this year, so to, that didn't help you any either. But it'll be the same thing next year. I don't think Coleman's coming back uh, right now. The Falcons have. About $21 million in cap space, so it's enough to do some damage there, but I don't think they're going to go for running back. I think they'll keep Freeman, Edo Smith will play with them, and they'll look to shore up other areas, mainly on defense there. So I don't think Coleman's coming back to the team this season. By the way, the Buccaneers had $9 million at this point in cap space. I think they have their issues as well. So, uh, like I said, I think for the Falcons, my biggest concern will be, man, what is this, the third offensive coordinator now in four years? I mean, you got to learn another system. Is this going to take another couple of weeks into next season before this team really hits their stride offensively? That's my only concern here. Uh, mm. The offense didn't really, seem to affect Matt Ryan well this year. No, it didn't. But once again, it's another offensive system. Yeah, mm. maybe that's what affected the running game this year. They couldn't get that going. It all had to be on Matt Ryan. You never know how these things are going to play out. I don't like that uh, as far as that uh, is concerned here, but. Overall, I'm not all that concerned here, but neither running back going into the next draft. Freeman, like I said, I won't, I won't be looking for an, to take an Atlanta Falcon running back. No Ito Smith for you. There's a point in every draft where a running back becomes valuable. He's there in round 12, sure. 
But I'm saying I'm not. I'm certainly not putting him on my board where and highlighting him. Edo Smith or Devonta Freeman. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, uh, uh, Jim. Calvin Ridley, 64 catches, 821 yards, 10 touchdowns. Now, granted, five were in a two-week span. Uh, is he a guy that's uh, on your radar uh, for next season that's taking a big step forward uh, with Cotter there? I don't even think he needs to take a big step forward, a little mm-hmm. step forward, which is what we expect out of second-year receivers nowadays anyway. I, I think mm-hmm. a, a, you know one step forward, and we're you know right at that 1,000-yard mark, and, you know, I the touchdowns, you know, like you said, five in two weeks, actually six in three weeks, those three mm-hmm. weeks. And then for a while, we didn't see anything until, <laughs> right. you know, later we in just the season when he finally caught a couple yeah. more. But, that, right. you know, that's what we get with rookie wide receivers. You get inconsistency. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they came up with a great game plan for those three games to get him, you know, separated one-on-one, and, and they made use of it. Then defenses started taking that away once they saw that on film. And that's what we do. But he's a good young wide receiver that has a great quarterback thrown to him who just came off one of his best seasons. I, I don't see anything else but to think Calvin Ridley takes a step forward. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So uh, uh, why don't we move on and uh, talk about some more of these head coaching uh, hires. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, 39-year-old, new head coach of the Cardinals. By the way, he has a, a brother, Clint, and his uh, first name starts with a K as well. So could you imagine that household? Hey, Cliff, hey, Clint. So uh, cards were 3-13 three, cards were three and 13 last season. Uh, here's his resume. No NFL experience. Recently fired by Texas Tech after a 35-40 and 40, uh, cumulative record. Uh, what people, I guess, like about him, I guess, is that he is associated with having coached Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he supposedly helped develop the Case Keenum, Johnny Menzel, who's now playing uh, Canadian football, right? Even a little uh, Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, so I guess we'll start with you, uh, Jim. What do you think about uh, Cliff Clingsbury and his brother Clint in terms of how he could affect Josh Rosen going forward? Well, you know, they want that air raid offense, you know, Texas Tech air raid offense. That's what they want. They want to give that a shot and see if they can do it. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, because uh, so far right now they're talking about bringing in Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator. And, and I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, one designed a really good offense but was terrible at play calling. The other was really good at play calling but terrible at designing an offense. Uh, Kingsbury put together a nice offense, but his play calling was abysmal, whereas Steve mm-hmm. Sarkeesian has a, a real knowledge of play calling. So I think this is a really good fit here between the two of them. Really want to see mm-hmm. what happens. And then the fact that they bring in Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator, I, I think mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is a nice thing. Here's another guy who didn't really make it as a head coach, but he's a damn good defensive coordinator. So, you know, I'm looking forward to him sharpening up that defense again. And I think these two guys on offense could give this team a little lift. Mm. Hey, George, what about this rumor? And uh, I think it's been debunked, but uh, where uh, the Cardinals were looking to trade maybe Josh Rosen and if uh, Tyler Murray actually uh, committed to uh, to the NFL draft where they would take him. I mean, uh, we have a, a quote back from uh, October of uh, 2018, Cliff Klingsbury uh, saying, Kyler is a freak. I would take him with the first pick of the draft if I could. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Tyler Murray. I even was watching some video ahead of the show. Really uh, a strong arm. Uh, of course, I'm watching highlights. You don't watch lowlights. I, I tried to Google for <laughs> lowlights. <laughs> so everything I watched, he looked incredible, really fast and everything. But uh, what is he? he's 5'10", 195. Kind of reminds you like uh, Flutie, who's 5'10", 180. What do you think about? Do you think that's a, uh, you know, sometimes behind George, behind every rule, there's a little hint of truth. What do you think about that? Well, the problem is this. All right, uh, Murray. Should he play football? Should he play baseball? We can debate about this forever. He'll make more mm-hmm. money in football right away. Baseball, he can have a much brighter future, and that's why you're not going to get mm-hmm. the crap beat out of you. And you'll, 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 you can play <laughs> for 15, 20 years, and you'll make a hell of a lot more money in baseball over the long term. Uh, but it takes longer to get there. Yeah, that's why yeah. you make more money it's, right yeah. away in football. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, I just wanted to point, put out that point so people realize that's what you were talking about. That's all. For, for, for Murray, it comes down to this. I think uh, if you know you can make it in baseball, I mean, if you're absolutely positive you can make it in baseball, you play baseball. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if you have any doubts, you got to make your money. you got to make your money when, it, when it's available, and you go play football. Mm-hmm. 
But he, let's say even if he says uh, he's leaning towards football, there's no way Arizona can bank on that. We have, they have the number one pick overall. They can't bank on he's going to play football. Plus, you mentioned he's small. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he'd be in uh, that offensive weapon category. You know, he's going to be doing a lot of running around. He's five foot ten, uh, which is, and that's probably being nice. You know, when yeah. you say he's five foot ten, that's probably what they better shore up that really offensive go, line too. <laughs> really told you better shore up the offensive line. Yeah. You better make sure he learns <laughs> how to slide and doesn't take these hits because he's not a big mm-hmm. man. This is not Cam Newton. This is not Ben Roethlisberger in the day. You know, this is not even Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's bigger than him as well. So you'd be asking mm-hmm. a lot from him. I, I can't see how they spend the number one pick. That being said. How about 33? Number 33, first pick, second round. That's mm-hmm. when I think it'll get more interesting. But the problem is I think someone will trade up. And assuming they think he's going to play, someone will trade back into the first round to grab him. Maybe Arizona has to do that. But I don't think he's going uh, to uh, number one overall, regardless of what Kingsbury said. I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. They're not going to take that chance. Not unless they know. They're guaranteed he's playing football. But even so, though, you're going to trade Josh Rosen? What are you going to get for him? Who had a, you know, an okay first season at best, and even that's probably being nice. You're sort of right. trading low on him. You're not getting two number ones or three number ones for him or whatever you, uh, the price might be. It, it mm-hmm. would be a strange situation, but I put nothing past Arizona. I, I think they mm-hmm. screwed over Wilkes. How can you fire a, a, a head coach at the yeah, one year? Yes. Unless something happened mm-hmm. that we don't know about. He's sleeping with another mm-hmm. coach's wife or whatever, or something stupid <laughs> right. like that. You know, how can you just fire him after one year? That's giving him no chance. Did anyone think, I mean, if Bill Belichick or Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, did they, and if any of these guys were coaching the Cardinals this season, they weren't going to be any better. It was a bad team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said I put nothing past the Cardinals. But I don't think they take Murray at number one overall, no. Okay, now i got to jump in on the Steve Wilkes thing. First of all, I didn't think it was great hire to begin with. So, for me, it's not about what the job Wilkes did. It's the job the general manager did. You know, you you bring in a defensive-minded, you know, young coach to work with, a you know, a rookie quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't bring anything to the table. And out of all the rookie quarterbacks, Josh Rosen is the only one who never took a step forward. All mm-hmm. the other guys took a step forward in their game, and, and a couple of them took huge steps forward. Josh Rosen, the only one who did. Now, I know there's lots of reasons. I mean, they lost, uh, you know, the Kirk, they lost him. The offensive line has been totally abysmal. They haven't used David Johnson fully to the way they wanted to. You know, all these things come into play. I get that. But I just think it wasn't a good fit for him anyway. And, and I, I think the fact is, you know, he, he's going to be much better off wherever he goes now. And, it, you know, it looks like the Browns are thinking about bringing him in as their defensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, you know, at least they're going to interview him. They're also going to interview Steve Spagnuolo from the Giants, which I, I think, would, you know, either one of these guys would help their defense tremendously. So, you know, he'll land on his feet. I just didn't think Arizona was a good fit for him anyway. You need, If you're going to have a, a young rookie quarterback, you need an offensive-minded coach. To Jim's yeah, point, good point. Yeah. it's Go amazing ahead. how the GMs – it's amazing how the GMs escape. Because yeah, I, I you, kind of uh, agree with Jim that it may not have been mm-hmm. – right? How do we see I – because mean, if I'm the owner and the, uh, the, uh, my GM goes to me, well, you know, he really wasn't a good fit, well, then you're fired. Yes. Mm-hmm. guess what? Hiring a head coach is pretty – Pretty damn important. And you screwed it up by hiring the wrong guy? I mean, I, I would be livid. After one year, I, I now i got to pay this guy over and hire another guy? You're fired. I need a GM who knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. That's pretty much how I would look at that. Yeah, so we've had, what, eight uh, firings of head coaches? How many uh, GMs got fired? Right? I mean, you know, it's kind of odd. Just, uh, yeah. Just the one, I think. Um, trying to, yeah, man, it just went right out. Yeah, of I head. mean, it's just. But but to George's point, I mean, the, the GMs have escaped this whole, uh, you know, the firing frenzy. Yeah, so, it usually yeah. happens that way. Yeah, uh, so I'm guessing it's, it's because uh, they have the owners here. You know, they're always there, and maybe mm-hmm. the the owner likes them better. But it's it's. I get the coach is the front line; he's going to get it. But it's a shame that these guys seem to get off the hook all the time. The coaches catch all the blame. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network breaking down new coaching hires. Uh, week 19 in the NFL division round playoffs weekend fantasy update today. <laughs> 